Welcome into episode 86 of the Rutgers Scout Cast. I am your host, Sam Hellman. My pleasure again to be joining all of you. Welcome to the uh, new members. Maybe this is your first episode downloading. We picked up some new subscribers over on scarletreport.com as part of the Cyber Monday Madness. So if this is your first time joining the show, first, welcome. Thanks for clicking stream or download. Second, sorry, this is going to be a shorter episode than what you're used to. So if you've been using this to make your commute home from work or your commute on the way to work on Friday or whatever, uh, you might have to go back into our archives and download a second episode for this week because I don't know how to describe it, but it's been a very long, exhausting week of scarlet report action and our members over there come first so i've really devoted 95 percent of my time this week to our members and our behind the scenes information and you know hitting the you know going out to basketball going out to wrestling covering football last saturday all the kinds of stuff that's kept me busy so what we're going to have on the show this week is a shorter show it's really an interview based show I had a one-on-one interview with Rutgers Athletic Director Pat Hobbs earlier this week. If you're a Scarlet Report member, you've already read the interview. We talked about Coach Chris Ash's contract extension or agreement or whatever you want to call it. We evaluated year two under Chris Ash. We talked about Jerry Kill, a bunch of different things. So what I'm going to do for you in this episode is if you're a member and you want to hear the context of everything Pat Hobbs told me, or if you're not a member and this is your first first real opportunity to hear any in-depth comments about the decision to update Coach Chris Ash's context, I'm just going to play that interview for you here. After I play the interview with Pat Hobbs, I have a second interview, and that is with Miles Nash. Talk to Miles Nash before one of his final practices as a Rutgers Scarlet Knight. The guy really represented Rutgers well this year as a guy that played on all three phases. He played tight end, defensive end, and on special teams for Rutgers. Miles Nash is one of the best interviews that I've ever had at Rutgers. I love him. He's so much fun. He's honest. He says the kind of things that normal football players don't say, talking about why he didn't transfer, why he stayed at Rutgers, why he really changed positions, all that kind of stuff. Miles is one of the best interviews in my 11 years at Rutgers, and I'm sad that this is the last one that we'll do with him on the team. I'm sure that we'll talk to Miles in the future as he gives it a shot in the NFL, as you'll hear in the episode. So again, the way this works is coming up Pat Hobbs. After Pat Hobbs is Miles Nash, and then we're going to close out the show with a brief Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag segment. Here we go. Pat, why is why is now the right time to give this to coach? Like, what what did you like about this year that made you want to get him locked up through twenty twenty two? So, so we you know this was sort of part of what we did from the very beginning with his contract was I wanted to make sure that he knew that he was going to have the time it took uh, to be successful. So we built in uh, some measures in terms of extending that contract out and. Um, you know, as I look at you, you got to look at every year, and you got to look at you know, are we making improvements? And uh, I think this year was a major improvement over last year. Uh, what what I know, and what sort of you know, uh, the only person who probably knows it better than me is Chris Ash. Is 
I, I know the state of affairs uh, and the condition of the program when he took over. And what he's done in two years uh, is, is certainly well-deserving of, of a five-year uh, runway uh, to uh, the kind of success that I'm very confident we're going to have. He, a lot of people, yeah, again, that aren't as tied in as you or I that don't follow Rutgers see a 6-18 and 18 record and just write it off. But what is it that he's done that's impressed you so much? Well, you know, so, so one, you know, he's, you, you've got to recruit, right? So you got to bring in recruits. And, you know, without speaking to any sort of specific players or anything like that, uh, he's done a really solid job with recruiting. And, you know, any coach deserves at least four recruiting classes to really see what do they do with their players, what do they do with player development. Um, you know, the locker room is, is a much improved place. The, the chemistry on that team, uh, the way that those uh, players love each other and take care of each other uh, is, is, I think, very different from what that was described to me. And obviously, I wasn't here uh, before, uh, but I, I know what's been described. Uh, and... Um, I know the, the things that he's doing in terms of off-the-field development of these players, uh, whether it's the strength and conditioning, whether it's nutrition, uh, you know, is, is exactly what needs to happen to have success two years, three years uh, from now. Um, you know, what I love about Chris is he's building a program. He's building a program that's designed for sustained success. And so while, you know, we all would like success to come earlier in terms of wins and losses, you know, all of the components that I think are necessary have a successful program, um, you know, he, he is working on those. And then you, you got to add to that, um, Chris is a person of tremendous character, uh, great integrity, uh, and so we should all be very proud that he's leading the program. You, you mentioned the recruiting aspect. How important was the timing of this announcement? Because Coach Ash, you know, he went on the road Sunday to go visit his commits right away. He's recruiting, and now he has this extra yep. ammunition. Uh, that's absolutely important, and I wanted to make sure that uh, not just sort of the folks who are inside Rutgers, but those who are outside Rutgers uh, know that I'm committed to this coach. I think he's doing a great job, and um, they uh, they should know that this is the coach who's going to be coaching them. How, how important has that factor been that we're not seeing Rutgers football in the headlines for the same reasons that we were three or four years ago? I mean, it, it's very important. Um, you want, uh, as you recruit, young people to your program, you want the parents to know that we're going to take care of their uh, young men and women, that um, uh, they're going to get an education, uh, that we're going to make sure that we help them grow as people, uh, not just as athletes, and not just make sure that they go to class, but that um, they become better people. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, that's a really important aspect of it. Uh, you know, you, 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 it's very difficult to have a successful program if you're spending significant amount of your time dealing with off-the-field things. Uh, if you're dealing with um, performance in the classroom, performance in the weight room, performance on the field, and those that's where you're spending 90, 95%, 96% of your time, you're going to have a successful program. What what about this, this year impressed you about Coach Ash? Year two is always an important year for a coach. He was able to win more games, obviously, but when you're going on road trips or you're you're with him during the week, what stood out about the way he handled this year? I, you know, what I love is I love the buy-in of our kids. Uh, you know, I love their commitment. Uh, I love that, you know, despite uh, some tough losses, um, and, of course, you take losses hard. You don't, want, you don't ever want to take losses easy. Um, 
but they, they see where this program is going. Um, and, uh, and you see that with Chris. You see, you know, he came in with a vision. Uh, we're executing on that vision. You know, obviously, we would have all liked to have some more success on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, we've improved a lot on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm very, very confident that uh, as, as we go forward and, and we develop the players we have and we add uh, uh, another group of players to that, um, that people will see the offense coming along as well. Uh, and uh, eventually we'll be clicking on all the cylinders. You've given, you and donors and everyone have given Coach Ash a lot of help also with practice of sealed, uh, hiring new people, um, keeping the assistants that have been offered jobs elsewhere. How, how important is it for you to make sure that you're giving him the best chance that he needs to turn this around? Uh, that's my job. That's my job, and, and, and you know we appreciate everything that our alums and donors have done to be supportive of the program. Uh, but we need to do more. Uh, we need a new locker room. Uh, we, need, we need a number of upgrades, and, uh, and that's what we continue to work on. Um, and, and that's, you know, not about building Taj Mahal or anything like that, but you know, it's been a long time since these facilities were upgraded. Uh, and in that same amount of time, some other institutions have done two upgrades. So um, those are important things. They're not just sort of fancy and nice-looking things, but they're important for player development, and they're important uh, a testimony to the commitment that we have to, to be successful. So we'll continue to work on those things, and I don't think there's ever a time where you stop uh, trying to improve any of your programs, let alone your football program. Jerry Kills already said he wants to come back next year, you know, health permitting. How beneficial do you think that will be, not only just with his – his experience, but giving these quarterbacks and this offense a little continuity finally. You know, Jerry is one of the best in the game. I think he's one of the great coaches. Uh, he's even a better human being. Uh, and the, the sort of the intangible that Jerry, intangible that Jerry has brought this year, uh, were really very, very visible. Um, you know, he's a presence. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he has the, the right mix of, of being demanding and being compassionate knows when a kid needs a hug and knows where a kid needs uh, to be uh, uh, to be pushed you know, and pushed hard. Um, so uh, Jerry's, Jerry's great. I mean, he's, he's, he has been a, such a great addition. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I look, you know, in terms of our offensive performance, I'm certain, sure Jerry was frustrated. Uh, but as we continue to develop the players that we have uh, and, and add new players, um, uh, you know, th- those kind of things can turn pretty quickly, and I, and I expect that next year. All right, I have one more question for you, Pat. The official visit season's about to start at Rutgers. What role are you trying to play, or what message are you trying to give the recruits that you meet with over the next few weekends? So I, I always tell all of our coaches, in any way that they believe I could be helpful, uh, I'm happy to do that. Obviously, the schedule, you know, it, it, you know depends on the schedule, but... Uh, I like to get in and talk to the parents and to the students about uh, their life as students at Rutgers University, uh, their growth as people. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it to the coaches to talk about how they're going to develop them as, as, as players. Uh, but for me, it's an opportunity to talk about uh, what a great university we have in Rutgers University, uh, what a great alumni base we have, uh, the unique our position as uh, the only New York metropolitan area FBS team. Uh, and so... Uh, some of the things that I speak to, uh, I speak to the opportunities they have in coming to Rutgers, and any you know any way that I can be an assistant to our coaches, uh, I want to be able to do that. 
and they get to deal with that lovely New York media that we never annoy them, right? <laughs> I, I, I have no issues with our, our New York media guys. I know you all have a very hard job, uh, and uh, I appreciate uh, the coverage that you, that you give us, uh, and I appreciate, you know, I, I think everybody tries to be fair. Uh, there might be articles I wouldn't mind tweaking a little bit here and there, uh, but, uh, but I appreciate the New York media, the uh, difficult jobs that they have. Uh, you can always start ripping us on Twitter now that you have an account. I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. But uh, uh, but I'll be I'll be promoting our teams and I'll be promoting our university. Right on. Well, hey, thanks, Sam. Hey, thanks for your time, Pat. I appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, Miles? It's good. You can you can stay sitting. You don't have to stand cool. for me. <laughs> Um, how do you feel going into senior day? I've I seen you on Twitter this week that mm-hmm. really valued your time with these guys mm-hmm. and, and getting to do it one last time. Um, <clears throat> I'm just humbled by the opportunity. Um, uh, it's kind of bittersweet feeling. I'm happy to uh, move on to the next chapter. <laughs> move on to the next chapter. And, uh, and, uh, And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited, you know, just move on to the next chapter and uh, see what God has in store for me. And um, I built a bond with all these guys, the guys here and the guys in the past as well. So <clears throat> I'm just excited about that and, and happy for it. And um, I feel like I'm leaving Rutgers on a good note. So uh, that's that's just how I feel. Obviously, still not the season we would have hoped for. Uh, we left a couple games out there on the field. We definitely feel like we we were a bowl team this year, um, but. Uh, college football is a hard game. Um, you can't make a lot of mistakes and, and expect, to, expect to continue to win games. So um, <clears throat> we definitely feel like uh, we, are, we are a bowl team, um, better than a lot of teams that, that probably will go to bowls. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, the season played out how it played out. But I'm glad the guys, you know, just stuck together, everybody, you know. We're still close. You see us out here today in practice. There's still uh, a lot of spirit and guys still flying around having fun. And, and that's just a big thing. You mentioned the next chapter. What are your plans after Saturday? After the, you know, you finish up at Rutgers. Uh, looking at the film, I think I had a, a solid year film-wise. Uh, Stats-wise, uh, could have been better, but um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, uh, football is assignment football. Um, you go out there, you do what you're told to do. So um, uh, blocking-wise, I, I think I did a good job blocking uh, as a blocking tight end. I definitely could catch the ball and do a lot of things uh, catching the ball, but um, the way our offense played out and. The different things uh, uh, Jerome was that, that uh, number one tight end so <clears throat> there was limited opportunities there for that but uh, you know I came too far not not to give it a shot um, I was a two-way player in the Big Ten yeah. so I mean uh, hopefully someone you know takes a chance with me uh, undrafted or whatever but uh, if that happens if that situation I'll make the most of it. You, uh, I'm thinking about tight ends and mm-hmm. Tyler Cross killing it right mm-hmm. now his stats were probably non-existent mm-hmm. here as mm-hmm. last year. I mean, do you look at that and that's what you see for yourself? Uh, not not skill set, but just that people will turn on the film and see something. Absolutely. Um, uh, like I said, um, it's all about how you're involved in the offense and, and, and how things how things go. Um, <clears throat> uh, you look offensively, uh, stuff stuff that happened this year. Um, you look at Deuce last year, a guy who had eight yeah. catches and, and now he's on the active roster. Um, it's all about the opportunity. Um, Deuce's opportunity in the NFL and, and his fit in that scheme is is more beneficial to, to what he's good at. So, um, like I said, if, if I get an opportunity to you know play at the next level and it's and it's uh, on a team 
uh, uh, that fits what I do athletically, um, um, and I can just do my job to to the uh, highest level as they want me to do, then then I'll succeed there. And I, I ultimately think that's what it is, college football. Um, that's all about uh, getting into the right scheme, uh, where you fit best. And um, <clears throat> ultimately, I came here to Rutgers. Um, I experimented first two years, you know, playing uh, a <clears throat> outside linebacker, which probably uh, wasn't in my best interest. Um, every other offer I had, you look at, uh, yeah. I had defensive end offers. But that's the thing, uh, being a 17, 18-year-old kid and then being 22, 23 years old, um, you look back at that and you're like, you should you, sh- you should go where to a school where uh, the scheme is best for you and, and not where you had the most fun in your official visit. So, um I, I I enjoy my time here. I have no regrets, but um, like I said, uh, <clears throat> I'm glad I went through this process. Um, I can lend a lot of advice to to my brother when he's going through the process, and and if I have a future son um, who who's going through the process, I'll, I'll know that he's uh going to a uh, uh, a place where he it's best it best fits his athletic abilities and what he, what he wants to do. Um, you uh, you when you were younger, you were pretty honest that you thought <laughs> about transferring a couple times. What mm-hmm. made you want to stay? Um, well, <clears throat> to be honest, ultimately, uh, after the season last year, um, you look at last season, uh, there, uh, we were over front primarily. Uh, I was behind JPO and, um, Darnell was behind, uh, uh, Quanzale and, uh, Kamoko was obviously starting right now. Um, so <clears throat> you, in my, in my mind, uh, this season, you know, I was going into the season, I, I pretty much in my mind, uh, feel as though I had a, a great opportunity to start defensively and then ultimately um, finally moved to the Oki front. And you see the Oki front now, it's, uh, you had that, you had those those three guys had to be pretty big in there. Yeah. Uh, that's why uh, Kevin, uh, he's uh, the end over there, and then you have Vatican, and then you have Sebastian, because those guys have to be 280, 300-pound reach to hold up in there because they're taking on a lot of double teams. Yeah. Then you have that stand-up end, and you have, with, that's Kamoko. That's what he does. Kamoko guards uh, running backs out of the backfield. Um, <clears throat> he can stick tight ends and stuff like that. That that That's what best fits him. Um, but it's, it's not what, uh, what best fits me. I think I'm a traditional uh, five-tech, six-technique defensive end. And um, like I said, we switched to the Oki front. Uh, I had spoken to Coach Ash and, and – um, at first, I you know I had asked to transfer, but um, ultimately uh, that didn't work. That wasn't in my best interest. I would I had to take uh, more classes than I probably could have uh, could handle to uh, graduate. And uh, just speaking with Coach Ash, you know he uh, came up to me with the opportunity to play tight end because uh, he knows I was athletic. So at the end of the day, it was <clears throat> I couldn't transfer, and um, I'm not I'm not really a four eye, so. It was in my best interest to play to play tight end, and then as for ultimately, you know, I asked him, "Well, there's something I can do to help this team on d- defensively, just even though we're in a four, we're in a four eye, and that's where the third downs kind of came into play." Um, I think I only had one sack this year, but um, film wise, um, I have a lot of pressures. Um, I had I had a lot of stuff where I'm getting getting guys free uh, and stuff like that. So uh, I have no regrets. Um, um, I, I think everyone, you know. I, at the end of the day, <clears throat> all I cared about was winning, and um, we did we did that. We had some good moments this year. And at the end of the day, it's it's it's, it's really about the team for me. So um, I had fun with the team. Uh, you learn a lot when you put the team uh, before yourself. When you have a lot of selfless guys, uh, 
and breed success. And <clears throat> I think that's why the senior class is really uh, it's important because we were able to uh, show guys how to how to be uh, selfless. And um, uh, I just think it was big for us to be role models to them and to to see when you're selfless and and you work hard, um, uh, the W's will come. And they have younger guys; they're, they're going to improve. That recruiting class they have in it, brought in is really good. So um, they're only going to get better. Appreciate it, Thank you. I always appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. No problem. Well, it sounds like Brian and Lawrence next door have finally calmed down, which allows me to record the Rucker Scout cast mailbag and close out this show in the wee hours of the morning. But a fun question, a quick thing before we close out the show. First off, let me say thanks to Rutgers Athletic Director Pat Hobbs and to Rutgers tight end defensive end Miles Nash for their time this week. The fact that Pat Hobbs was willing to talk to me for, it was a 15 minute conversation, but I cut some of it out and some of it was not necessarily on the record and stuff like that. But the fact that he gave me 15 minutes of his time on the day that the contract went public, while he's hitting up donors, he's getting ready for the big basketball game Tuesday, everything. It, I appreciate it, and I think it shows that he gets it. That I mean, a lot of people listen to this. A lot of people are on Scarlet Report, and he knows that the best way for Rutgers' message to get out there is by him delivering that message and not hiding behind spokespeople or just declining interviews for no reason. Pat, Pat's been very good with that. Go ahead and tweet him thanks. I'm sure he'll respond because you know, he definitely runs his Twitter and checks it all the time. Hopefully you can hear my sarcasm in my voice. Uh, thanks to Miles Nash as well. While I don't see him as an NFL draft pick personally, I also, you know what, I've been wrong before with these guys, and I think that Miles Nash has a good work ethic and he's got a good frame, and I, I really do wish him the best of luck. It's stuff like seeing Carl Nagadosi get on the active roster that I love about Rutgers football. I mean, think about think about Carl Nagadosi as a high school senior, that's when I, or I know him as a junior, I guess. No one was recruiting him at Seth Rutgers because no one thought he was going to be able to pull off the grades to get into college. But P.J. Fleck gets on him early. Greg Schiano gives him the thumbs up. And Rutgers lands this kid and helps him out with his academics. He gets into school at Rutgers. And if you look at that receiver class, he's the one that got into the least trouble and had the most... Um, professional time at Rutgers, so credit to Carlton. I, I don't know where that came from. That was kind of off-topic and rambling, but I know I tend to do that. So, Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag, I got both questions came from Allison, hoo-hoo, and uh, she says below, Sam, I noticed that you ask a lot of players these questions, but have you ever answered them? Sorry, I'm a new listener if you have before. Thanks, Allison M., all right, so what she meant and she attached. So what Allison was asking is, uh, I have a big my big three questions at the end of every episode, or I try to do that with every person that I interview, ask them their big three, their favorite Rutgers athlete, their favorite Rutgers memory, and their favorite Rutgers meal. Uh, she specifically asked me about my favorite Rutgers athlete and my favorite Rutgers meal on topic, off topic. Uh, I have answered this before. It changes all the time. I'm sure it changes for you guys too. My favorite Rutgers athlete is Eric Legrand. I know it's cliche. I know it's easy. Uh, but seeing 
seeing the kinds of stuff he does that have nothing to do with football, even if it's inviting uh, some stupid Scarlet Report reporter to be in his friends and family group at WrestleMania when he goes into the WWE Hall of Fame, that stuff's cool. It's also, like, I remember him as a football player covering him because we were classmates. I was a little bit older than Eric, but I worked for the Daily Targum when he was a football player, and I learned how to cover recruiting during his recruiting class, and Eric was one of the few people that was happy to deal with me in recruiting as the student newspaper that he couldn't read all the way back in Colonia. I don't think we even had much of a website at the time. So I love that, and then I also love to see the way that Eric Legrand can't handle stuff that's thrown at him. I mean, there was some disgusting stuff written towards Eric because Eric came out and defended Shiano last week, and just to see the the the, the clowns that were trashing him, and he just it goes right off his back. He ignores it, or he points out how stupid these people are. I look up to that. I wish that I could. Uh, ignore some of that stuff a little better than I do when people go after me but when people go after me it's totally different than the disgusting stuff they say to guys like Eric so I credit him for for doing that and I think he's becoming a very good broadcaster he asks no offense to Chris Carlin on the Chris Ash radio show but Eric's questions are why I listen because he asks questions in a different way from a football perspective and really paying attention to what's going on at Rutgers so make a long story short it's number 52 uh, my favorite place to eat, it's PJ's Pizza on Easton Ave. It's always, I've been a PJ's guy ever since my first slice, my freshman year. I didn't know Easton Ave was a thing until after I got to Rutgers because I didn't, I didn't grow up going to Rutgers. I'd literally only been to Rutgers twice before I moved in for my freshman year. I went on my quote-unquote official visit where I took a tour with my dad and we run around all the campuses on the buses but the buses don't drive down Easton Ave. I didn't even know it existed until uh, friends and I wandered out from our dorms and PJ's was one of the first places I was told I had to try. I loved it. I go there at least once a month to this day. Uh, their, their slice selection is great in terms of just getting a slice on the go which I did on the way to class just about every day my senior year when I lived in that area. So definitely PJs. Uh, Thanks for the questions, Allison. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of the Rutgers ScoutCast Mailbag. We'll try and get Brian Doan back on the show next week. Actually, that's a good way to close this out. If you missed hearing from Brian on the show this week, I don't know why you would. He's really annoying and loud and the jerk store called. Uh, If you miss hearing from him this week, we have an analysis series on ScarletReport.com right now breaking down each Rutgers position, looking ahead to the offseason, talking about stuff like the upcoming quarterback battle, which recruits could play early, which redshirting guys made the most noise. We do all of that in video format on Scarlet Report, so make sure you check those out. We call it the Scarlet Report What Comes Next series, and we've broken down about half of the positions so far. We're going to do one more per day until we finish breaking down the roster. I'm the host of the Rutgers ScoutCast, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.